Hey guys, welcome back to the Frank Elite Podcast. In this episode, you are going to see Mitchell Orville how you've never seen him before. He talks developing his mindset, getting away from drugs, alcohol abuse, building a better relationship with his partner. He talks about becoming a father. He talks about things in a way that you've never heard him speak before. I really hope that you get as much from this as I did. Enjoy the episode. One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I think the best place for us to start is is like in your full journey, mate. Because your full journey has been such a not only an emotional roller coaster, but like the the learnings that have gone on in in your development from from a family standpoint and and everything that you've gone through is is just for, is just has blown my mind. And to, and I've seen that transformation happen on a personal level since you've been in the Gold Coast, and then obviously on social media before I even met you. Um, when we go back to where it all started, it just started for you on social media just by posting like funny videos, didn't it? Yeah, so the journey started around just at the end of my high school period. We, um, Me and my brother started a Facebook page called Angry Dad, which was just prank videos of us pranking our dad. Like, we never thought anything of it. I mean, when we started... I was just uploading them to my own Facebook page, these funny videos, and I started getting like heaps of random people add me, commenting, like, like all that shit, and I was like, this is like a bit weird. And I remember one of the kids at my school at the time was like, you should just make a page and post it to that page so people will just like the page instead of adding you because it was like a bit annoying. Yeah, because you, like, oh. you can only have like three, I think it was like 3,000 friends. 5,000 friends back yeah, then, yeah, and yeah. I remember thinking like, oh, well, I don't want to like accept all this anyway but people wanted to watch it and like that people like I was like oh okay so I made a page and I remember just I was like what can I call it and I remember the Simpsons episode where Bart pranks Homer and it was Angry Dad and I was like I'm just gonna call it Angry Dad and yeah. I just wrote Angry Dad pressed it and then that was how it really started and and so <laughs> see when you started this Facebook page did you start was it instant traction with it or did it was it a, was it like a proper slow burner or was it nah, it was like Almost immediate, and and that that was predicate. I suppose you when this was back in what year was this? I'd say two thousand fourteen. So two thousand fourteen. So you're on right on the cusp of like the last wave of organic on Facebook pages, yep. really. So you could actually blow it up from there. Blow up completely organically. Still to this day, we've never boosted a post or paid in advertising or anything. That's that's amazing, man. That's amazing. So like, did <laughs> did you? Did, did, your dad, like when you first started pranking him and doing all these funny videos, did, did he know that these were getting put on social media? Or? So that was, it's it feels weird thinking about this time now, but that was the time where parents didn't really have Facebook. You know how there yeah, was yeah, like, yeah, now yeah, every yeah. parent has Facebook and yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, there's like almost your parents section of Facebook where they all comment on each other's stuff and they're like, oh, say hi to the kids, all that, you know, there's all, <laughs> all that stuff wasn't really on Facebook. It was almost like taboo to see an adult on Facebook or if your mum or dad had Facebook it was like why are you on Facebook like that's like for kids sort of thing you know what I mean yeah, everyone yeah, was yeah, like yeah, you yeah, yeah. and then that was like when that started that was when parents didn't really know anything about Facebook and then 
we'll put them up. Dad knew we'll put them online, but he didn't realise <laughs> to didn't the degree really. of what was actually happening until people started recognising him in the street. He was getting bought, like, bought up at his work, all that sort of stuff. So when was the first time you remember your dad coming home to you and saying, Mitchell, what have you done with this? Because I, someone said to me in the street, they called me Angry Dad. It was, we, uh, we put up a video of him rocking out to Will Sparks' song in the car. <laughs> yeah. And that was probably, the, like, after that, I think that had maybe, like, 500,000 views or something like that. Yeah. And then, like, it started to get, like, a, people knew it was, like, a bit of a thing. Yeah, Like, yeah. it wasn't just, like, a one-off video or two-off. It was, like, because we, we were pretty consistent back then because, one, it was a lot more organic and natural and it was easier to get him because you weren't we didn't necessarily have to prank him at the start it was just showing who he was like yeah, his yeah, reactions yeah. and yeah, he was very yeah. reactive and all that stuff so small things would work and stuff but by the end of it obviously we had to be pretty clever with how we got him because he knew what was going on like he knew everything was going online and yeah, yeah, you know yeah, he knew yeah, yeah. that like to watch his back yeah, yeah. <laughs> because we had a good like one or two years of just being able to pump out whatever we wanted and get away with it yeah, because I, I I can't. I've seen I've seen so many different videos of you pranking him, but there's been ones where you like he comes around the corner and you just shout in his face, and there's ones where you hit him with shit and like loads loads of stuff like, and he just runs after you going, Mitchell. Yeah, they're my they always will be my favourite sort of videos because it's just real natural. Yeah, because those raw days when when you the, the the days that you're talking about to me are the days that that is gold that never goes away. You know that lives on. You know, yeah, what I mean? exactly. Like, like the highlight, it's the foundation that, of yeah, everything. That's the yes, yeah, hundred percent is hundred percent. The so so obviously you've you've you recorded all the videos. You started to get a little bit of traction. He's getting recognised in the street. Your family's getting recognised in the street. When did people? When did you think to yourself, Jesus, I've got something here? You know what I mean? I've got something. When we started getting hit up by management to be managed, yeah. and we were like, "What for?" Because yeah, yeah. just remember, like it sounds weird talking like this now, but that was before Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff sort of established that influencer marketing it was really fresh yeah, at the time. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? You heard of people making some money from it, yeah, but there wasn't like influencers or groups of people that you knew made money online by having followings, and that was like you know it was like a known thing like it it was very much at the start of all that so we didn't really understand that you know there was all this money to be made or so we probably didn't commercialize angry dad as a brand as well as we could have or should have yeah yeah for starters there was no monetize monetization on facebook back then so no so facebook no watched. facebook so we never made yeah. a dollar off facebook views which yeah. we had like two three i think maybe 300 400 million views yeah that's mad so if you you know, do the maths on that. We would have now. You, you would have earned a fortune on that. Yeah, three, four hundred grand, I reckon. If not, maybe more. I don't probably, know. Probably yeah. a lot more than that. Yeah. I reckon. Probably a lot more than that. So we, we, yeah, uh, we, um, we knew we had a good thing, and we knew purely the fact that like everything that we did with it was viral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we always knew that our product was good, and we were onto something. But we, we didn't realize. A commercial degree straight away I mean we made most of the money we made doing it was either branded content sometimes we'd get you know for example like Warner Warner Studios would like paid us to use like the Chucky doll from Ch Child's Play 2 yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like so they flew us the real doll from set in the movie and we got to prank dad with that stuff like that yeah that's it's epic. like that, that that was as bad as like commercial as the brand got and we did like 
nightclub tours and all that sort of stuff, you know, just... Yeah, yeah, you know, we'll PAs keep, and all that yeah. stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, we um basically, in straight away, we knew we had something in terms of, like, a viral platform with infinite potential. Like, we knew that from the start. Because yeah. I think we had 200,000 page likes within literally the first month or two. That is that is some crazy yeah. growth, you know. Considering you were two lads at school at the time, yeah. Oh, my my brother wasn't, but I just finished school, so I remember like I stepped out of high school, went to schoolies in yeah. Fiji. The first yeah, time yeah. someone recognised me from the thing was someone in school. He was like, "Hey, are you the guy that posts his dad?" Like, on, I was like, "Yeah." And I think, "Oh, that's pretty fucking cool." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was the first time someone recognised me from it was schoolies. So that shows how quick after school. And then I worked at Fitness First, a gym for probably two or three months. And then after that, I haven't worked what a job since. Personal training? Selling memberships. Yeah. Oh, selling memberships. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, is that, was that the first and last job you had? Yeah. So how long were you in it? Three months, maybe. Three months. Maybe a bit less. And were you a good sales guy? Yeah. 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 Killed it. But um, you've, you, when, when you, obviously you come back from schoolies and, and all this stuff's gone on, starting to get recognized now. Is, at this point, were you dating Chloe or? No. So you've not met her yet? No, so I, how I found out about Chloe, so this is actually quite a funny story. I was at a night, so I started running nightclubs from like eight, basically after I finished that, obviously I started getting a small following and what do people like, you know, you start to get a bit of influence, you start to get a bit of pull, what better place for someone who's just finished high school, wants to, you know, party, work in nightclubs, drink for free, bring people through, get paid for it. So like I went straight into that nightclub role. We ended up getting, you know, Kurt Coleman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he's, we ended up getting him at our nightclub as a an appearance or whatever that was. And he um, posted a photo with me. And Chloe followed me after that. Oh, straight away, yeah. And someone, I was actually like talking to a girl at the time. And she messaged me, she said, holy fuck, did Chloe Zepp just followed you. I was like, who the fuck is Chloe Zepp? <laughs> and then I like clicked her. I was like, oh, she's mad. I was like, thanks for telling me. <laughs> and then, yeah, I remember just following her back and then we spoke like bits and pieces so, online. So uh, just so I understand this and so the, so the audience understand this, Chloe had actually, at that time, she'd really built a following too? Yeah, so she'd built a following on Instagram and yeah. I had, my following on Instagram wasn't like huge at the time, probably like 30K or something like that. But my Facebook page by that time would have been, you know, just under a shy of a million, I reckon. So who slid in whose DMs? She followed me first, and then I think... Oh, no, she messaged me, yeah. She messaged yeah. me saying, fuck off, Mitchell, I think, or something like that. And then I was like, message her back. And then we spoke for little bits and pieces in and out, and then I started talking to this girl again that I was seeing at the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I completely stopped talking to her. So that's still, to this day, one of the reasons why like she liked... She like trusted me and stuff was because even when we were talking, I stopped talking to her when I started talking to the other girl again. Yeah, yeah, and then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I started briefly chatting to her again. And then what happened was I was actually in Hawaii at the time for my cousin and my cousin's like had his Bucks party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in Melbourne. And I was only 18 at the time, I think. And he said, like, you got to come to the Bucks. I was like, well, I'm in Hawaii with my family. I can't get there. And I remember he messaged me back a screenshot of like a plane ticket. And he goes, I've booked your flight. Wow. He's like, tomorrow morning, you're coming to the Bucks. And I was like, fuck. All right, but there was a stopover. Yeah, so yeah. It was, I flew from Hawaii to Brisbane to Melbourne. And Chloe lived in Brisbane. And she was flying out that day from Brisbane to Sydney. 
So I got to the airport and I saw her on her Snapchat story like she was at the airport. I was like, hey, are you at Brisbane Airport? And she was like, yeah, I am. So I was like, well, i got to stop over here. And she was like, oh, my flight actually was delayed. And I was like, well, do you want to have lunch? So we ended up catching up and having sushi at the airport. So and then you full on just grafted a date at the airport. Yeah, out of we had a date at the airport yeah. out of nothing. And then like Quality. it was really weird because I'd never dated either. Like I had a girlfriend I'd spoken to. Like I had a girlfriend in high school. I'd spoken to girls, but I was never anyone. Never went on dates. Never did shit like that. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. oh no, it's never that. Just sort on of just on like the casual scene. Seeing because you, you you were a young lad do do vibing what you was doing. You know exactly. I, mean? I just sort of I, I and I I wasn't really ever in the mind frame of I want a girlfriend either. If it happened, I was like whatever. But I'd never like intentionally went out looking to date girls take them on dates and stuff like that so after I caught up with her for that hour at the airport I remember thinking like fuck that went really well like I enjoyed that this chick's got something I was like she was like that was like I felt comfortable I barely know and stuff like that and I I actually invited her to come stay at my family house in Melbourne and she came so like a week later after only meeting for one hour she flew down to Melbourne and stayed at my family house for like seven days did you did you prank her no, 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 no. Because I know you've pranked her a few times since you've been in the Gold Coast. But yeah, we 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 yeah we pranked a bit, but not that was like I was still fucking too nervous. Yeah, 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 for sure. Did, did so when after that week you you spent that week with her? Did you know then and there that that was your woman? No, no, I wouldn't say that. It took. I, I'm someone like you know. I'd say. Honestly, it took me like almost even a few years to know, no. Like I knew that I liked her. I knew that we were like part, but I didn't, I'm not someone who like, you know, is was head over heels and just knew this is like what I want to spend my life with. It was like, because I was also going through a lot at the time too. So I'm learning what it's like to have a girlfriend. I'm learning what it's like, you know, it's fresh for me as well. Yeah, so yeah, it took yeah. me a while to. And your DMs must be getting lit up at this point. Do you know what I mean? Nah, well, that's everyone's pretty respectful because everyone loves Chloe more than me. You know what I mean? Yeah, All yeah, girls yeah, love yeah. Chloe, so yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I never get any of that shit. Like no girls would step on like Chloe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's beautiful. She's got a really nice because who wants Family to hurt following. Chloe? Like yeah, you know what I mean? It's not like no. no but I, I just meant in the I just meant in the early. I mean, not early so much days, now. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, early days. You're not telling me that there weren't a few little chances on the old show. Yeah, there are. I'm tipping there. Obviously, there would have been, but it was um it was right timing for everything. I believe. And I, I'm pleased that you said that it didn't happen overnight because I think too many people these days think that. Um, you know these things are all meant to happen overnight. The success is meant to happen overnight. The 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 relationship is meant to happen overnight. You're meant to get yourself together overnight. You know what I mean? There's a lot of pressure on that. You, like especially a relationship, and at a young age when you're both finding yourself, how can everything be perfect? And how can it be overnight when you don't even know each other? Like let's like fucking hell. Like when you start dating, you're not even yourself for the first six months. You're pretending to be this like perfect like handsome <laughs> smells amazing always like yeah, you know what yeah, i mean yeah, like yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. from the start you're 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 not like it's not as authentic as what like no one walks into a relationship first day of dating and they're just themselves like yeah. i don't have a, like you you know you're you're covering a bit of stuff like, it's the becoming Exactly. The, the start of a relationship is is the becoming yourself, you know what I mean? That's when you start to understand yourself a little bit more because you you personally and, and same with me as well, like we've not been in like before that time and I'm not in a relationship now, but before I had my first relationship, you're not in that you've never been in a relationship before. Like you've not not in that depth I'm yeah, talking about. No, no. So you you're look you're learning so much about yourself. Do you know Especially what I mean? like 
Chloe's a massive mirror for me and I'm a massive mirror for Chloe. We really like show each other sides of ourselves that we don't like and that's like why I think we've worked and been able to build through everything we have because we, we really like mirror each other's like problems. Is it is it hard going through all that when the public eye is on you from day one? Yes and no. I think the reason yes is because you sort of, to a degree, have to be transparent. I mean, our job is to influence people and to take people along with our journeys and hopefully be good role models, inspire people, you know, just make good of your following. With that, obviously, we commercialize our following, so we sell to people and we do all that. So to a degree, you owe them that sort of transparency. I mean, you can't just serve them with, you know, branded deals, ads, the good parts of your life and then just completely shut off the bad and pretend it doesn't exist because it's not realistic. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where, like, the no is, like, yeah, you have to share with everyone, which can be hard, but that's where it can also be good because with that, if you do it in the right way, you get support too. Yeah, and and also it allows you to, to, to really grow through it, like, in a public forum and get and get outside... I mean, some people would just, no matter what you do, some people just send negativity. Yeah. But it's like, even when you were going um, through some of your demons, which we're going to talk about later on in the podcast, I'm sure people throughout these times reach out to you and put put like kind of like a social arm around you and say, do you know what? You've done well there, mate. Congratulations. Like, Yeah. Well, that's, I think that comes with being vulnerable and being like authentic online too. Like if you're someone who's always perfect online and stuff like that, people start to just not like you. Like... Who wants to, like, you feel bad about yourself if you follow and look at just people who seem to have everything sorted out 24-7. Everything seems to be like clockwork. Everything's perfect. There's no ups. I mean, there's no downs. It all seems to be ups. And you're like, well, why can't I live like this? And it's not sustainable. And you're like, well, fuck them. Like, uh, like uh, you end up resenting them for it. So it's like, I feel like if you, sh- like, the more you're just transparent and bring everyone through like just the real shit that everyone else goes through people can relate and when people can relate they're gonna like you yeah yeah yeah. i think that too many people um don't understand how how unique a being they are like they're just, they just they, they they try and um adapt into something that they seem like the world wants of them when when all the world wants of you is you to just be yourself and then you'll attract the people that you're meant to attract into your life well you see it far too often even with like you know people that get followings like they get followings and then they try to tailor themselves into this person that they think everyone wants to see but it's like hold on the reason everyone followed you from the beginning is because they liked who you were before you didn't have the following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take away the following, be yourself, and that's yeah. what people like. So, like, I reckon that's where people get caught in the transition period of, like, making it and not making it. When they're making it and they're on the rise, they go off to be someone who they think everyone wants them to be, but it's not true. People are there to follow them because they like them. Did you ever get taken down that path yourself? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Give, I, give me some insights into how that into how that happened and how it came about. Oh, I, and you when know, you realised it, you I know used what I mean? to wear fake jewelry, fake clothes, fake everything, like fake Rolexes, all that stuff. Thinking like you know that's what people wanted to see me. Of you know, make it like have yeah. lived the life. You know, like I always pretended I had more money than I had, more things than I had, everything because I thought that's what people liked. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. not true. It just makes people feel bad about themselves. 
Yeah, and and then obviously that's 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 building a disconnect between you and your audience that have followed you from day dot. Exactly, and then I'm stuck in a rat race because I'm forever trying to be someone who I'm not. So every day it's exhausting waking up. It's like, oh, you've got to try, you know, look like you've got this awesome lifestyle when in reality you didn't. When you first started to get these uh, big checks on the back of you know having a following and started to get these brand deals, did, did obviously learning about dealing with money was something that that you know they don't teach you at school is that something that you in, in infinitely struggled with massively so that was i um i didn't pay tax for my first two and a half years didn't know what it, like just didn't, didn't didn't know anything about it literally didn't pay any gst any of my bass statements and paid no tax right so at the start maybe the end of last year or start of this year that was part of my like sobriety goal and stuff was i was like fuck i gotta sort out my tax gotta sort out everything so Got myself an accountant, book her, everything like that. He does everything for me. His yeah. name's Julian from Moro Accounting and he like he saved me big time. But that was something that like, you know, that was one of the things that I reckon was clearly an issue for me upstairs in my head because once I relieved that issue, I felt like a million kilos lifted off my shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because obviously when you even me now in my business if i don't if i don't pay a gst statement on time or this that, and the other and i'm I'm talking about one or two days later yeah i start it starts to give me like oh sh- you know and people and my account is like oh you don't need to pay that till next year i'm like and i want to get this off my chest you yeah. know i don't want to owe these i don't want to think about it i just want to remove that from 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 that is that how you kind of felt with it well i even remember when i got like the bill of what it costed felt like it was huge but i felt so good about knowing like i know that's what it is that's now i've got number. a goal to work towards i know what i have to pay yeah yeah yeah. but not knowing and always like i used to get fucking letters in the mail and i'd see like the asics day and i just wouldn't open them because i was just i was just running from it i always just ran from everything i didn't want to face it i wasn't ready to do it I didn't yeah. want to look didn't want to think about it and then that's why i was always trying to escape is is it was that something that that made you like leave um leave melbourne and stuff like that as well or was it was that something you were running away from or is it you no know, no nah, nah, not really it was that was that was an issue that i could ta- like tackle pretty straight away and head on like i was okay with doing that it was never my 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 thing was more so around like with financially it was more so around i could never save the reason i could never save was because i did a lot of drugs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah. i spent a lot of money on drugs that's why i could never save when did you start knowing that drugs and alcohol were a problem to you uh when i was not using them recreationally i was using like i wasn't using them to have fun anymore i was using them to escape and to be by myself do you know roughly when you started to feel like that it would have been the last so from probably july to december last year yeah from that that was like my biggest like spiral out of control period where it was like i was literally trying to alienate myself on my own to do drugs what away from chloe and away yeah. from your actual friends even, as well. even away from my friends do you, did you obviously go coming through this and obviously we're going to talk about this but like did you did you identify the the issue that was driving you to feel that way not at the time now obviously i know all of my triggers all of my issues but at the time i just would justify it to myself by saying i can do what i want like why can't i yeah you yeah, know what i mean like yeah. i was stubborn in my ways and i thought like it's not a problem everyone does it like that's just how how i got it through but i i always thought still to that day like even in my mind frame then i thought i was having fun I, that was the 
the trick. I tricked myself into thinking I was having fun. Yeah, because I wasn't. Because there's a very big like let's send it culture in Australia. Huge. Like you know, send it on a like Sunday. Nowhere else in the world that I've been do they party harder on a Sunday than in Australia, knowing full well that they're going to work right. in the Monday morning. Do you know what I mean? Most people, let's just talk about most people. They, 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 most people are going to work on a Monday morning. They've got jobs. They're sending it on a Sunday till like 10, 11 at night after day drinking from 1 p.m. You yep. know what I mean? I, I, like, to me, that sounds pretty, I, I'll go out on a Sunday, but like it sounds pretty wild that people can drink and then start work at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. on a Monday morning yeah. and, and even even be compass in what's going on. But they're not. They just get, a lot of people will just, you know, coast through that Monday to Friday to live for the weekend and do it all again which look I can't blame like I don't know what have, like, I, I, you know I, I've been through all this and I've changed my mindset I've done it all but do I, I don't know if I would have done that if I worked on Monday to Friday 9 to 5 and slogged away during the week and then looked forward to the weekends like I don't know if I would have made those changes like I can't say like what I did everyone should do it because it's like I, I, I don't know I've never been in their shoes and I've never been in that situation of of, of doing it but what I can do is I can relate to needing to escape you know what yeah, I mean yeah. that's why they do it on the weekends because Monday to Friday they're not happy with what they do their job and you know their lifestyle so on the weekend that's where they have their fun they're escaping the th- thought of Monday to Friday and then they wake up Monday and do it all again I can understand and I can relate but not in the same way yeah. I was just escaping myself but you must have been feeling similar feelings within yourself as if you had a nine to five job, because obviously it, it's not the same in terms of like you didn't have a job, but you must have wanted to escape what you were doing to some degree. Mine was twenty four seven because I was trying to escape myself. I was I, I knew the what part I was in in this in the world. I knew where I stood with everything, and I didn't like it. So I was trying to get away from that instead of you know facing every problem that was in my way to then build forward. I was just using drugs and alcohol to get away from it. What were some of the uh, issues with, with that you were using drugs and alcohol to get away from at that particular time? So a lot of it was like, I was overweight. I was about 104 kilos. Yeah. I had a massive tax bill. I had no savings. I'd created this facade online that I had everything, but I didn't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My relationship was in trouble. Yeah. And like now looking back on it, I was very de- like depressed and I was not happy with myself and what I was doing. I had and no purpose. I had no vision. I had no drive. I think a lot of people go through similar situations like like you've been through because they don't know where they're going. Mm. I, think, I think everything that you've said there all relates to not having a clear vision of where you're actually going in, in life at that particular time. Of course, time. well, you never get in the car and just drive somewhere. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah. always know where you're going. Yeah, yeah, and you just wanted that clarity and focus. Yeah. When did you see that starting to... Did, when you were in there you know, getting obliterated on drugs and alcohol, did you ever look from outside... From from that moment in while you just, while you were intoxicated and see the effect it was having on your family and and your girlfriend at the time. Yeah, so we like my partner hated that I like the frequency and what I was doing, everything like that. She told me I can't change you, but if you don't things don't change, like that's up to you. But I'm you know not going to be here for, for this. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's your decision, like what you want to do. And I remember I was off and on a bit. You know, I'd give up. And then I'd start again, I'd give up, I'd start again. And then I remember I had a friend's birthday. This was December 13th. Yeah. Had a friend's birthday. We were living in Brisbane at the time at Chloe's mum's. And 
I was going up to the coast for the weekend for the birthday, and Chloe was like, "Not Chloe wasn't coming," and she said, "Go up for the weekend, have fun, like you know, enjoy yourself. I don't care what you do, just you know, have fun and you know, just keep your phone on you, you know, answer my calls and stuff like that, and yeah, um, you know, enjoy yourself." And I was like, I remember thinking at the time, like, "Fuck that!" Like, she's a good woman. She's been really good about this. Like, it wasn't one of those things where it's like go have fun and you know you're going to cop it when you get back on Monday you know what I mean it was just yeah, like yeah. You know, enjoy yourself like you know there's no stress and I remember thinking to myself like you know what I'm going to do the right thing by this because you know she's given me a bit of rope and I'm not going to you know take too much I'm going to you know you know get pissed I, I, I owe her the respect yeah I owe this respect of what she's shown me so I set out with those full intentions and did not come close to that. I remember no one could find me from like 10 o'clock. My phone was dead. I was fucking off my face and they ended up finding me at some random random 60th birthday dinner or something like that and I was standing at the table talking shit with all these people I didn't know just off my face. And then Chloe's sister put like the FaceTime onto Chloe because she found me and she was like, what are you doing? And like I looked at Chloe and she was just sitting at home crying and I was like, Fuck. I was like, fuck, I fucked up again, hey. Yeah. And then I remember I went back to Chloe's sister's house, fell asleep, woke up in the morning, and I was like, I'm not going to be doing that again. Did you ever feel like you wanted to cry within yourself because you'd hurt this woman so much? Yeah, of course. Because it's like, but what was tough to translate was like, I was doing this to her, but what I didn't mean to do it to her, I was doing it to myself. Yeah. So I was self-sabotaging within and in effect, it affected her, but that was never my intention. And it was really hard to communicate that to her. Like, I wasn't trying to hurt you. I was trying to hurt me. That was the toughest yeah. thing for her to sort of understand. Yeah, yeah. It was all very personal. It was nothing to do with anyone else. What I was going through was what I was going through, and that was my coping mechanism. It's nothing to do with her. I wasn't trying to damage our relationship or hurt her. I was just going through it myself. Did she, when you got back from that situation, you arrived back, you're intoxicated, you get back home, did she just then and there give you an ultimatum and say, look, this has got to stop, Mitchell? It was, she never gave me an ultimatum. It was just a decision I made for our future. She never said once, like, if you don't stop drinking, we're going to split up. She never said that. It was just, like, you just do what you want to do. I'm not going to stop you doing what you want to do, but you know what I like and what I want to do, and if it doesn't, like fall in place with you know and align with my values and morals and how I want to live my life well then we're just not going to work out so when you woke up that morning after after the, after that night and it's and it, you, you 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 know you're looking at things with a bit of a fresh pair of eyes did you consciously make the decision then and there that yep. this has to change yep. is that was that the point yep. in your life when you thought yep. fuck this and that was it that I, was I can't the day do this from that date I haven't and you've never drank again I since. I haven't drank or done drugs since. Do you know what? Fair play. I want to shake your hand on the podcast, mate. Like, I, I fucking resonate with that full, wholeheartedly, I'm telling you. But it's funny because like, currently now I'm at this situation where it's about... like, Because I, I, I've started seeing a psychologist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, do you want to talk about this later in the podcast, mate? Mate, mate, mate. mate just flow. Just flow. Yeah. So I started seeing a psych recently because like, if anyone... Like with my journey like in sobriety, like... What I learned was I was doing drugs and alcohol to escape, right? That was what I found out. So for me, it was, you know, cut it all out. And I went from here, which was all the time, all the way over to the, the right-hand side, which was never again. 
But what I'm currently like going through at the moment is like I wrote down at the start of the year when all this happened like seven things that I wanted to change in my life. Yep. And I ticked That's off powerful. all seven. That's powerful. All se- with and this wasn't like a list I read every day to be like I need to do it. It was like I wrote it down and I come back to it after nine, ten months and I looked at it and I was like, Holy fuck. I did it all. That's the power of setting goals. Yep. And having clear, defined things that you will and won't accept in your life. Exactly. And I think you put that in place that day when you woke up that morning. Yep. And with that, though, now, it's like, because I've ticked all those off, what I'm currently going through is there's nothing left to escape. So for me, being so scared of drugs and alcohol now... It doesn't make sense to me logically in my logical way of thinking is it's like, so what I've been talking to my psych about is like in life, you can't always be over here or you can't always be here. It's like a pendulum swim. You've got to find like an even ground in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I've, yeah, I'm currently talking to my psych about like potentially reintroducing alcohol into my life again and seeing if I can have a healthy relationship with it, but yeah. it's still not a decision I've made yet. So... And and do you know what? It's it's one of them decisions that like like it felt right for you that day when you woke up yep. to stop drinking. You you'll get the same feeling the day that it, you're ready to have one drink and just leave it at one drink or two drinks and leave it at two yep. drinks. You'll have the same feeling that day, and until you have that feeling and have that internal uh, conversation with yourself, yep. and nobody knows when that time will be or when that time is right for you, but you will get to a point where that conversation will happen and when that happens you'll be able to go and do as you said and just have that one drink and have that thing that will exactly. just that will just come as a natural development just going just going just going back because obviously there was a lot there's a long road to 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 obviously that sobriety so you've obviously from that day you decided you would quit drinking after you'd quit drinking what were the what were the other steps you put in place to try and rejuvenate and 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 reevaluate your life from that point? It was more so. Uh, I enforced a lot of discipline. So is that what you're saying? Like, what yeah, did yeah, I yeah, yeah. like? What what, were, what were the what were, the tools that just, I used yeah, and the stages that you went through? Because I, I know that there's people that listen to this podcast that will be that will be just like you that they've got. The business, they've got the money, they've got the beautiful wife, they've got all this, all this great stuff. It's all, it looks great, but then inside they're probably like, "Fucking hell, like, am I enough? Am I this? Am I that?" Which is some of the things that you said you were feeling. And I just want to give people a bit of a roadmap for how you changed your life from saying that day, "I'm waking up, I'm going to be sober," and I want to, I want, I want to show that journey of of what you've been through to get there. Because there's like seven or eight months of real hard yeah. yakka that's gone into that. Um, the, to, to, to deliver it you know what I mean well the first probably two months was like I put no pressure on myself on what to do like what I like I, I didn't I said my only goal every day was be, don't drink don't do drugs that was like for the first at least two months didn't care I didn't set any strict rules around dieting or training or anything it was just do what you need to do get a few months under your belt yeah and go from there. So for the first two months, I reckon that's I would have put on like maybe four, five or six kilos. I reckon of over like from eating and because you're eating to replace. Place, yeah, yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. doing was I'll stay instead of going out on weekends, I'd have like pizza night, movie night, snack night, all that stuff at home just to like you know to break feel in time yeah, and yeah. breaking like you know I had the same habit of going out and doing the same thing every weekend for fucking four or five years. So it's like I got to break that somehow, and I wasn't going to be hard on myself how I broke it. It was just do things at your own time. Yeah. 
so the first probably two months I did, yeah, not much. And then obviously I, you know, once I got a few months under my belt, I started to introduce training and then, you know, I started to get real addicted to that because everything, I, I got an addictive personality. So it's just, just, mate, you're speaking to the king of addictive yeah. personalities. It's I just about you. channeling. <laughs> you got to just channel your addiction. So I would just channel it into the right places. So I ended up, yeah, doing my program with Will, channeled it into that, lost 15 kilos training, like dieting just strict as hell and uh, mate i saw you go through a lot of that process and it was good to see you in in such a good strong place mentally not just physically do you know what i mean i saw the development of well, your get mindset. the mind right and your body follows anyway yeah. and i think a lot of people a lot of people need to need to understand that that it all starts with you know not just thinking positively but just valuing yourself i still believe like if you when you go to the gym, if you're going, oh, I gotta go to the gym, like fuck, I got gym after this, something like that. Well, your mind's not right yet. Once you got your mind right, you go, I gotta go train. I get to go train. I gotta go get my I release. Buzz so I, get, love, I get so excited. You live for it. You love for it. You, it becomes part of your routine. You can't miss it. So that's why I find like when I hear people say, like, I just hate going to the gym. So I don't. Know. I'm like, well, there, great. Don't worry about the gym yet. What can you do for yourself mentally? to make you feel like going to the gym in a month maybe or whatever it is that, you know, string together a good month of, you know, eating well, going for a nice cruisy walk along the beach, anything you can, just build build a few days of consistency momentum. and some momentum until you actually start smashing your days, you're ticking off the small things that you set out to do every day and then I guarantee you once you get to the point where you're not going to hate gym, you'll start going to the gym and then you'll do the same thing consistently and then you'll start to love gym and then it never becomes about having to go train. It's 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 it, it's a par- it's a powerful thing to, to get your because habits compound both ways just like your habits with drugs compounded in the wrong direction your habit with gym is compounded in the right direction for you your mindset's compounded in the right direction you now you now use your platform on social media to motivate and to inspire others to change their mindset to to set new goals to really value themselves which is which is powerful in itself so you've transcended your you started off as a guy that used to joke and prank people. But I would even go so much to say is, yes, you've got that side to you, but there's so much more depth to yeah. you and so much more thought process that people never, ever got to see. And you had to go through that journey and that and that, and that that down moment to be able to showcase the rise in Phoenix in, order, in what you're doing now. Yep, yeah, I agree. I just, I just think it's, it's, it's a real powerful thing and people couldn't really recognize that. Now, on this journey, you've now become a dad. Yeah, and I've seen again a massive change on the back of that. Talk to me about you know the the changes that have happened since becoming a dad and and the pressures and 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 all that that come with that. Well, for me, it's been like the best thing that could have happened to me because it's just like especially these people like with addictive personalities. For me, they like to be occupied, like. You like to be occupied. I don't really like to not have things to do or something on, even if it's something in the background. Like I'm someone who, even if I want to go on my phone, I'll put on a movie to go on my phone. You know what I mean? Like I'm always like to have things going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So having a kid, like there's never a a dull moment. You know what I mean? Like it's a 24-7 thing because even it's like they're asleep, you're watching the monitor. If, you know, they're awake, you're playing with them. If they're crying, you're nursing. Like it's something to always do. Yeah. But, like, for the first 12 weeks, I thought, like, being a parent was the best thing ever. But now, 
it's times 10 better. Like once he's yeah. got it, he's now got a little personality. Like I feel like I'm getting to know him. He's grabbing me, holding things, laughing. And you're like, holy shit, this is truly like. This is unconditional. This love. is, yeah, this is what it's all about. Like, and I remember thinking like in that first 12 weeks, like there's no way I could love him anymore. And now I'm like, holy shit, like this, like I was like, I'm, I'm always like, did I even love him in that first 12 weeks? Because that's how much I love him now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Beautiful. Do, 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 do you think that um, uh, like through, through the journey, obviously when Chloe found out that she was pregnant, did, was she, was she, were, you, were you, you were already on that journey to, to becoming sober or, was you, or did you find out after? I'm not, I think she might have been pregnant for a few weeks. It was very similar timing. Yeah. As the, I was basically sober the entire time she was pregnant. Maybe, yeah. Give or take maybe two or three weeks either side maybe. I reckon. I reckon that some part of you becoming a dad also had uh, a massive uh, impact on you deciding to take that sobriety the, and all of that. Of course. Stuff. Well, yeah. I had another thing to build towards. I was. I, I. I remember thinking, with the mind frame I was in and what I was doing with my weeks, could I do this and be a dad? And it was like not a fucking chance. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah no yeah. way. Yeah. I couldn't have. I th- and. I'm writing. I'm probably. I hope I'm right in thinking this, but pe- people believe that when you go through adversity like you've been through and come through the other side, they think the journey stops. They think mm. they think that's it. It's over. It's finished. He's he's because when they f- when you first built that social media following, they thought, oh, he's got it all, and then they saw the fall, and then they've seen the rise again, and and now again they think you're at uh, you've you've come to a stop, and and you've you're, you're back. You're, you're yeah. Mitchell. You're happy again. It's all good, but what are the ongoing things and the ongoing challenges now that you've decided because I think the problems always change there's always more problems so what kind of things are you now facing that you've opened up by by taking on that development well it's like I, I, my foundation I set whilst you know this big rise was it's hard to follow like I created this environment of like 24-7 like hunger for change and just like go out and you know made something of myself and now I've made it like you don't have that same it's like yeah I still train every day I still eat really good I do all the same things I was doing where at the time for me was life changing and it was exhilarating it was thrilling because I was seeing you know myself come to life but now that's my new norm yeah what next I'm now looking for that next thing to exhilarate and to go through but it's like and that's why I've gone to see a psych at the moment because it's like I felt like I had all the answers when I was going through it because I knew what I wanted. Yeah, I knew what I'd wanted. I'd written it down. It was there like in front of me and I knew I had to work towards it. I knew that was going to give me the best chance of having the life that I wanted. But now I've got it. So it's like what do I do every day now moving forward to give myself that same you know thrill and drive and exhilaration and you know, that's what I'm currently going through at the moment. And so, what, so there's what, always. And what have you learned from from that? That's going to give you that. Well, currently, what I'm learning about that is balance, healthy balance. So, I think instead of being scared of everything that I I've run from now, I need to learn how to, you know, embrace fr- it. embrace it, be friends with it, and control it. Because to a degree, like what I did was really, you know, good, but. All I essentially did was cut out the triggers and cut out everything that, you know, made it hard to do. So, 
you know, going sober, like I didn't, I stopped going to social events. I stopped hanging out with people that did drugs and drank. Yeah. I stopped, like I just cut it out completely. So although I beat it, I just avoided it. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I, I avoided it. So with that being said, it's like, did I really fix it? Or did you just remove yourself from the situation? I've just removed myself from it. So now it's like, and at the end of the day, whether that's the right way to do it or the wrong way to do it, I didn't care because I knew if I did those seven things that I'd written down, I'd be happy, which I was. But now I've ticked off those seven things. I've ran from it, but now I don't have the answers. I don't know what I'm walking towards next. I don't know where can you run to me, run. Can you run me through the seven things that are on your list then? It was my tax, it was my relationship, it was being a dad, it was saving money to buy a house, it was a weight goal, and then there was a YouTube goal. YouTube goal, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and I ticked them all. That's great. But, the, and, you know you know how you said, obviously, um, when you've, when you identified it, um, you were obviously going back and, and, and saying you just removed yourself from it and your triggers. What what did you find out that your actual triggers truly were? Just having the ability to escape. So I knew that when I did coke and when I drank, I could take a break from the life I was currently living. That yeah. was how I saw it. I felt like it was almost like an alter ego. I became this person who got away from all those thoughts and feelings didn't have to worry about it and then I almost loved the next day more though because the next day after a massive night I knew that I could sit at home in a dark room with movies eat Uber Eats four times that day and not have to do anything but because I, I was hungover I was allowed to yeah yeah See, so that was your way of giving yourself permission to be to, to like kind of give up on yourself so, for that yep. day the the obviously identifying triggers have you got any like like a little bit of a, a plan of attack for how people can start to identify these for themselves you know what I mean because like so many people obviously you've you, you've you've sat there and, and, and is it just a case of just being honest with yourself yeah well it's it's awareness I think it's a massive awareness thing like and even now like I'm super I always ask myself like why I want to do something you know what I mean like back in the like if I was like back in the day like let's get fucked up I would never be like why do I want to get fucked up right now I'd just be like let's get fucked up yeah but now I'd be like why do I want to get fucked up right now do I feel like just socially having heaps of fun and that's the real reason I want to you know get fucked up or is there up. something behind that yeah exactly because that's the thing it's like if you want to get fucked up but it's purely because you want to go have a, heaps of fun with your friends go do it go do it there's nothing wrong with that and that's what I'm trying to come to terms with now is that's where I feel like is my next step is trying to find if that is ever going to be possible for me or will I always go back to that so I feel like that's why I can't be scared of it anymore because it's like I knew that back then like if I asked myself why am I getting fucked up right now it's 100% the reason was because I don't have much money I don't have much to do I feel really shit about myself. Yeah. I don't want to face everything that I know I need to face. And what better way to escape? Let's go get fucked up. Don't have to think about anything for the next two days because I've got this day of getting fucked up, the next day of recovering. 
and it's, it's so I mean it sounds so simple when you say it that you know it, people people just got to be totally honest with themselves exactly why they're doing it but so many people bury their head in the sand for the silliest of reasons and and, and us, fear, we, and fear we've, of and we've one. all been guilty of it myself included I've buried my my head in the sands about lots of stuff in the past me personally from from talking to you on this podcast and talking to you in real life I personally believe that at some point in time when the time is right for you I think that you'll be able to have a healthy relationship with alcohol and just be socially drinking. I mean, we've got non we've got the non alcoholic beers out on YouTube yeah. right now. That's just I just want to clarify that because I know there's gonna be a comment on here that's gonna say yeah. he's, he's drinking a beer the whole he's time. Drinking, yeah. He's he's got two beers, man. What's going on? But just, uh, just quietly though, if you're a non drinker, the Great Northern Blue Marlins yeah. are by far the best non alcoholic beer on the market and that's a no cap sponsor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, 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 yeah and, and and they don't sponsor the podcast. But if they'd like to sponsor the podcast, you're you're jump welcome on. to jump on. But mate, so what are the so now moving forward? What are the what are the kind of current goals you have set in place for and and how you're going to finish 2020 and go into 2021 like banging on all cylinders? So our my current goal is around a house. So yeah. me and my partner, obviously, we're ready to buy a house. Whether we we wanted to buy one that's done, but I think we've decided we're going to renovate or build. Yeah, yeah. So that will be a massive 2020 to 2021, you know, goal, especially if we build or renovate. Like it'll be a big part of, you know, our year next year. Yeah. Um, but most of my goals around next year now are, you know, I'm, I'm launching another brand with my partner called Self Care Culture, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. a clothing brand. But I'm not going to make my goals as much next year around work and all these personal goals. I think it's going to be massively around family goals because, you know, the first you know year of your kid's life, like, I want to be really present, present, present and around yeah. for that. And it's like even now, you know, my partner's been super busy the last two weeks with work and they know. It's, it feels weird saying it, but they know. They know when you're occupied. They know when you're not giving them attention and like you feel bad. Yeah. And it, like we had this conversation, like nothing that we do for our jobs and for work stuff like that, is it that important that it needs to take a backseat to Artie. Yeah, yeah. Which is obviously my son's name. So like we just, that's going to be a massive goal for us is around. I love the fact that you've had that conversation so early in his life because I think so many kids get, um, get these negative connotations instilled in them before they're eight years old because the parents are too busy or they the parents not they don't mean to neglect it but they're following their own purpose but they, but then they negate the fact that they've got this child and they have a they have a moral obligation to be in the best parent well the way we put it was you know well why do we do what we do to work you know you obviously you know she wants to have a, you know nice house nice things all that stuff for artists and us but all artists wants is us. Yeah. So really all that can take a back seat because you can just meet his needs by being present for him. That's all he cares about and will care about for the next, you know, four or five years. So as long as we get done what we need to get done and it's not at the expense of how much time we can spend, you know, as a family and, I think the beauty of what you've you two have engineered as businesses and everything like that, and I think we talk about closed businesses next and stuff and stuff that you're doing together. But like the beauty of the fact of all that is the fact that at any one time, one of one or the other can be fully present with him. Yeah, that's why we had kids young now, and that's why we decided to have the baby is because we're at a very blessed point where we both work from home, we're both together all the time. We can have a baby and look after him now and get to have. The, 
all those moments and years with him where it's like it's just us with him and we think like you know we don't know if this is going to last forever it might not so like while we can do it and do it comfortably let's do it let's do it let's do it yeah what's what's your involvement in chloe's brands and and obviously helping her grow them because obviously she's been really successful with her fitness brand yep. which is obviously zep and, yep. and, and and everything like that give me a bit of a background in that so i'm i i'm also oversee a lot of it help just with communications and brand development or brand management to a degree i just help oversee the whole thing and i come in when you know there's tough conversations to be had and changes to be made and you know all that sort of stuff but the way we've set up that business is it's pretty um it's pretty self-managing like yeah, 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 that's we've yeah. got you know we've delegated the people in place to you to put, ensure you, that you put the systems in place because this is what you got to remember it's like you know Chloe's great, but she's a design. Like her thing is design. style and design, and she can see trends and she can set trends. So stick to that. That's all she should have to do within the business. You know what I mean? Then you get people in place to do the rest of what they're good at. Like there's no need for her to do the other stuff. Focus on what you're good at. Do it. Find the other people in the team. Get them to execute that, and then that's how you don't stress about you know running a business. I think that's a great thing that you've identified that because um and again i think this is a great part for the for you listeners out there that are are listening to this is the fact that what what mitchell's just identified there is if you're good at something but not good at something else delegate the stuff that you're not good at because there's no point trying to get good at that you may as well just just really focus on the on the on the positive of what you actually are good at if you're good at selling then sell if you're good at designing then design do you yeah. know what I mean? And I also understand the counter argument to that is, you know, when you're starting off saying you want to scale as skinny as you can, you can't hire people straight away, you know, do as much as you can, work as hard as you can to get it up and running. But obviously, Zep is now at a place where, you know, it turns over good money and it has the capital to do so. Like, it yeah, wasn't yeah, like yeah. that from the yeah. very beginning. So, yeah, like, uh, when start, don't, yeah, you don't just have to hire people to do those jobs right at the start when you're trying to scale as skinny as possible until you're up and running. So there's obviously, to some degree, you're going to have to take hits where you have to. You're going to have to work on things you probably can't at the start, but you'll get to a point where, you know, if you can get others to manage the parts you're not as good at. then How long has that business been running now? Uh, I think it's one and a half years, maybe a bit more. That is blown up in one and a half years. Yeah. It just goes to it just goes to show though it's better to build the 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 highly engaged following first and then launch it into that than perhaps building the brand alongside it. Is that would you say that or? I'll just say find what what your audience aligns with. I mean, Chloe was when she launched Zep, she was massively into fitness at the time. She had a Zep Fit account. She was training. She's doing all that, and you know, active wear fit. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. build your audience, see what your audience is tailored to. And so that was like with my programs, I did like that was so easy to sell because it was true to me. And what I'd done for six months, I trained my ass off. I lost a heap of weight. I designed a really good program and it sold because it's it was real. It was me. It was what I went through. It was what yeah. everyone saw for the last six months. Because basically for, for the people at home that don't know, uh, Mitchell Mitchell documented with a pers- with his personal trainer um, right the way through the process of not only developing his body but developing his mind. Yep. Which, and I'll put the link in the show notes so people can go and get that if they want to if they want to understand what you've been through and that. But like you, you put together that whole program and, and documented the whole process, didn't you? Yep. 
and yeah, it was more so in like to me. The reason I did it was because of the mindset manual. Like I feel like you know with training programs, great. You know you've got all that information there, and you know all you have to do is lift this, do this. But it's like if you don't want to do that, you're not going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And the, and like you said, the it's mi- quite simple. <laughs> the mi- the if your mind. mind's not there and you don't want to do it, yeah, 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 yeah. you might do it for three days, you might do it for four days, and you're going to fucking start. Yeah, because cause that is it. That is everything in the gym is predicated on mindset. Because when you think you get to 12 reps and it's hurting, you could probably get to 15, but it's just yeah. whether your mind tells you to drop the weight or not. You know what I mean? But it's, it, let's forget your about... Your mind lift. goes before your body yeah, every yeah. time. Every, every time, every time. And that's why it's the, the, it's, it's the oldest living thing like in terms of like prehistoric ages the brain's the most prehistoric thing in your body like you, you got to train that thing to to be bulletproof yep. before you train your body to be bulletproof so many people are living this lifestyle where their body looks like an Greek adonist but inside they're they're shot to pieces and and have no self-belief no self-confidence and it's something you've identified and then gone and put put together your manual for doing it well that's why even like at the end of you know the like the the journey and the transformation and stuff like that, I didn't care as much about how I looked as how I felt. And I never thought I'd get to that point where like I thought if you showed me a photo of... When I was overweight, if you showed me a photo of how I looked post-transformation, said this is what you're going to look like, I'd be like that would be all I'd care about is how I look like that. But when I looked like that, all I care about was how I felt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... So, so like you say, it's so important to to fe- feel better than because the because the looks in the mirror will come on the back of you feeling feeling, feeling good. good. You know what I mean? And so your body, your mind, right, and your body will follow. And it's it's just ev- everyone's it's very bad. Look, I mean, look at look what Joe did with Sam Mangan. Like, sat, yep. change you know, changed his mindset towards fitness and towards eating, yep. and he dropped all that weight, and he looks phenomenal for it. You yep. know what I mean? He deserve he deserves all of his success. But I think that all came to changing, probably changing the way that he probably looked at the gym, probably looked at training, yep. probably looked at eating, looked at it a bit differently, changed his life. It's it's fantastic to see people go on that journey. I think that your 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 um, manual and everything like that lays out the the right foundations to be able to go and do that the um the so when are you um planning on like launching this new clothing label and getting that off to the races that'll be probably 2021 we're not there's no rush on that and that's that's another thing that we try to do we try to set realistic expectations on things like if it's going to stress us and rush us I'm just put it on hold there's no rush for anything so at the moment even we've been pretty busy and we're like it's fucking december it's our first like festive season our fam my family's coming up we've got Artie's first christmas and stuff let's just chill out for this month now and just you know strip back a bit so we, we're always cautious on you know setting you know you've you got to set dates for things and you got to you know yeah put put goals in place put goals in place yeah, but yeah. there's also at at what at what cost cost exactly right so that's what we're always sort of mindful of that if it's creating stress if it's creating this if it's creating angst in the house well, we don't need it so is your advice to people then if 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 it if it's creating stress and anxiety in your life just fuck it off or, yeah. or put it on hold put, a bit put it on hold or fuck it off but nothing is worth compromising that side of you i don't think because it just at, it, it, it turns into a, a spiral of a downfall when you're like that. If you get to the point where every day you're feeling anxious and you don't want to do this, do that because it's making you stress and stuff like that, well, 
it's gonna you're gonna take that with you into everything else you do during your day and how like how is that gonna benefit anything you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I understand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. and I don't, this is my other thing is I don't know if I have the answers, but this is just what works for us. So, I've, seeing your growth and obviously the other people seeing your growth, I mean, you see it on a public platform. I'd say that whether you whether you have the answers for everybody or not. It doesn't matter. You have the you have you have the right answers for yourself. Yeah, and that's the most important thing. And everyone's answers are different because, and there's nothing fucking wrong with that. Exactly. You know and that's what my things like. If that's why I'll talk about it because it's like if you want try it. It might work for you, but if it doesn't, oh, I it might not either. Like I, I I don't know, but I'm happy to talk about it because it did help me. Might well, not for you, and it might for you. Well, you've just you've you've put it in, in into context in this podcast. You've just said identify your triggers. Be honest with yourself. Put put goals in place, and 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 work on the mindset. Mm-hmm. There's your four stages to 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 how you to how you approach your change. Yeah, and yeah. when you get to a hurdle, which is where I currently am, go see someone who knows the answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And pa- and and pay them right because. And this is another thing that I really want to put into context with because uh, I, I bet you get this a lot. People reach out to you and say, "Hey, can you give me your program for free? I can't afford it." Or can you do this? This and that. The problem with that is this: if you don't pay or don't put put a put a personal investment into what Mitch is trying to articulate to you or what what this psychologist is trying to articulate to you you will not implement that yeah you've got no vested interest because yeah you've put no investment into it so and, and we're not talking about big money here we're talking about $69 or whatever it is or you you can going to see a psychologist it costs you like 1 or 200 dollars yeah i think mine's mine's 160 yeah exactly who who isn't worth 160 for <laughs> themselves like are you crazy like, do you know what I mean? But people will go and spend $300. I would pay, I'd pay 160 bucks for clarity every single day. I know, but people will spend $300 on a bag of cocaine here, but they won't spend $160 yeah, on finding out why their mind's fucked up. You know what I mean? Or what Back when I it. used to party, I'd spend 1000 bucks a night on coke, but then I wouldn't... I'd hate paying f- like 50 bucks for something that was like... I, w- I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And it's just it's all, all it was at that time is that your values weren't aligned. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean? that's, well, that's, that's what it was. It was what mattered to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, I wanted money for what mattered to me. And at that time, cocaine mattered to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. I th- but again, like you say, you've got to the, the 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 advice that you can give to your son, and the advice that you can give to other people that you that you do influence or whatever, however you want to put that, is now even more powerful because of the shit that you've been through. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The shit that you've been through. When I came to Australia and had, to, you know, came here with $6,000 and a bag of clothes and a pair of boxing gloves and boxing boots and came here with nothing and then um, spent all my money going back to see my sister for, for her wedding because I just could not miss that day, but then came back here, couldn't get a job and I was broke and then I sat on the beach one day not even be able to feed myself, right? All those learnings and everything I learned about, okay, now you have to put away every week so that you so that if you do have a lean week or a lean time yep. you've got that money in place and now you have to set these business processes up because you know you need to manage yourself better because you because i never want that to fucking happen again but it allows me the audacity to be able to say to people this is this is what happened to me this is where i fucked up and this is how it doesn't have to happen to you should you should you choose to listen to me you know what i mean and that's yep. what you've got you've got the platform to be able to do that at a big scale with with issues that i find Socially, I've are, are, are going on more than ever. Like, there's if you look at where we live, and we live in the most beautiful place in the world, but it's a very dark, insidious place out there in the nightlife. In terms of like people are going through some 
some some terrible oh. shit, yeah, or trying to get away from shit. We've got some huge cultural problems here with drugs and alcohol in the show for sure. What what do you, what what um what do you think the what do you give um what kudos do you give to causing that? Like what what causes it? Because I think it's massive here too. But like what causes it? I, I don't personally do it, so I, I I have no insight to that. What causes it? I honestly don't even know why. There's a, but it's here. And I think the reason why it's here is because it's not addressed as a problem either. It's just normal. You know what I mean? Like, if it was here and, were, uh, like, the whole of Australia spoke about, you know, how bad the culture is here, well, then it would change. But it's here, but no one talks about it because it's normal. That's why it's here. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's very normalised. Like, pretty much, I meet you, you told me you'd never drank or you'd never done coke before. yeah. That's stranger than meeting someone who drinks and does coke every day. Yeah, I know. I know. Every time, it's and people and people are like, well, how do you not do that? It's because I know who I am as yeah. a man. I know who I am. I know I don't need that. I know I can go to an event where all you boys could be doing drinking coke, and I wouldn't judge you for it. Yeah, I just say, okay, that's what they do, and I accept them for them. And this is one night, and we're gonna all have a good time. And I'm gonna go home, and I'm not gonna do that because I know who I am, and I know I've got different goals to these yeah. people. But it doesn't mean I'm gonna judge you for it. Exactly. You because because no. Here's the thing: nobody fucking knows what you're going through at any one time, or what anyone else is going through. And you said this on the story on your Instagram yeah. the other day. I read it right that you know people people have got to understand that you do not know at any one time what anyone else is going to so you if you just smile to them yeah. and be kind to them and be kind to other people that shit is can really change someone's life it can stop them committing suicide 100% how big uh, a, like is is mental health to you and, ha- and and everything that's going on in regards to mental health at the moment i think it's just it's something that you just ne- really need to be aware of that's like, I don't like to sugarcoat things and be like, you know, it's so important to, you know, do 10 things a day for your mental health. Wake up and meditate. Wake up and do this and stuff like that. Because I feel like put, you can actually put a lot of pressure on yourself to do so. Whereas I think what your mental health needs to be about is more so just awareness. Like, if I'm doing something, why am I doing it? And do I feel okay about this? And just ask that question to yourself more than you would about like why am I doing this if it's not for the right reason what what should I do instead that sort of thing's what because I I was constantly getting preached about like and I used to like you know my partner always used to say how she had anxiety and all different stuff and you hear about people talk about depression and stuff like that and I used to think because I wasn't medically diagnosed with saying I didn't have anything wrong with me I said I'm fine I don't have depression I don't have anxiety but it's like I would have had bits and pieces here but I just was never aware of it but I reckon if I had have asked myself those questions when I was feeling ways and I was doing things and going, why am I doing this or how do I feel right now? I would have been pretty aware of it and I would have been able to make some pretty decent changes at the time. It's almost worth sitting down with yourself and, and writing yourself a, a prerequisite set of questions when you're in a good place yeah. to ask yourself when well, you feel down. Yeah, don't just ask them when you're down. Ask them when you feel up to. What yeah, are you doing yeah, that's yeah. made you... Like, what do you, when you come home, you've had the best day ever. What did I do today? Why do I feel like this? Oh, I had a really stimulating conversation with someone you know, that around this, 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 and that's what makes me feel good there. Oh, you know, I got up this morning and I went for a walk and I've actually eaten really good today and I've had water and then, holy shit, maybe this is why I'm feeling good. And just being aware. That's what I like. Awareness, uh, like I keep saying that word awareness, but if you're aware of everything you're doing, you can start to piece together the, 
the puzzle as to why you feel the way you do, good or bad. And who you, and who you yeah. fucking actually are, yeah, which is the most important thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get that straight right now. Going through this journey that you've been through, like the the pe- the people that you're aware, the people that you're surrounded with are so fucking important. Do you find that the, that through through the whole time since you started this until where you are right now, do you find you've had to genuinely, um, how do I put this, fuck some people off out yeah. of your life? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And was that, um, and have you had to, um, has it been a difficult process in identifying and doing that? Yes and no. I think moving helped me a lot because yeah. I got to start sem- semi-fresh. Yeah. So that definitely helped me to a degree, but... You always have your your temptations and your triggers with people and things, but it's just about discipline, you know? Like, even now, like, I think now more so than ever, like, I understand that discipline is as important as cutting out the triggers. Like, you need to be able to surround yourself with it and around it to grow through it and rather than just avoiding it which is something I probably did didn't do enough of I, I just sort of cut it out of my life and didn't go near anything yeah 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 the I just want to segue into talking about your family because obviously your family have have also grown massively on social I mean your sister your brother your your mum and your dad especially and your mum and dad have, have hit the social scene at, at an age when you know and found like fame so to speak or, or notoriety at a time when you know they, they never knew nothing of social media when when they were even 10 years ago let alone or five years ago let alone anything 100%. else what, how how are they dealing with it personally and have you and, and what are they doing on the back of it all well my mom actually started her own company recently called be happy it's a collagen blend that yeah, she yeah she makes so that she's you know doing well, I guess someone at 54 or even on now, she might be 56, I reckon. <laughs> at 56, you know, starting a, a, an e-commerce brand and, you know, learning the ropes at that age is pretty good, I just pretty think, good effort. I just think it's it, it's great because, like, my mum's a lot older than your mum. She's she's like, my mum's actually approaching, like, 70. So it's crazy, isn't it, to think about because my sister's a lot older. But, like, um, for a 56-year-old woman, to to get out to get a Shopify store up to get a little brand going, she's that that that's that's a hell of a learning curve. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What about your dad? What's your dad do, doing with it? Um, online, my dad is. We've got so my dad, brother, and me have a um a beverage company called yeah. Poetic Justice. So we do spritzes, white red wine, and mocktails. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that keeps them both busy, but I think him. I, I can't really say too much about it. But my dad and brother have been working on something themselves, e-commerce wise, yeah, which I think we'll see a bit more of maybe next year, which has been good for them both. And then yeah, my sister is about to bring out her own label called By Hannah or By Hannah Orville or By HO. Yeah, nice. I think I think that's great. And your sister's obviously being a lot younger, and that she's. I think she's going to kill the scene and just blow up, on, especially with a fashion label. Was it hard having a beverage company then and giving up alcohol as well? Like, or did you did that have any impact on it? Not too? really. No, it was all not not really. No, it's not. It was it was greater than that. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't the the reason I wasn't into drugs and alcohol was because I had my own beverage company. That wasn't the reason I had the yeah, problem. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it didn't even matter. matter yeah, at all. it was sort of irrelevant. 
are you for future for going forward in this ne- this next year coming 2021 do you see yourself rather than doing like the influence of partnership deals do you see yourself more like focusing on your own brands as a family and driving your own brands rather than influencer deals or do you still see yeah. a kind of an influencer deal kind of environment that's how we've positioned ourselves yeah. is to invest in ourselves rather than you know build other people's brands yeah you know if you get paid all this money to promote a product for x clearly it works you know what i mean so yeah, why not yeah. put yourself into creating your own product so that when or if you know things ever change you've still got the foundation of your business and you can just pay the new up-and-coming influencers to promote it yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what and, I mean? and and there's all in this game. There's always someone young, new, fresh, exactly, up and coming, high growth person that that's kind of always going to take a little bit of that limelight away from you, you guys as a and, brand. Or, and by just relying on say influence to deals, like it's a popularity contest. Like your future is your future is based on how popular you are, and that's pretty. Yeah. Daunting. To when, know. when you're transacting in that kind of world, does it get a bit the soul destroying? Yeah, a bit. It also, like, it's it's very um, it's very hard to make money become relative again. Yeah, you know, you get paid X to do this, and then it's like you go put that into labor hours in anything else, and it's like we could never work a hard day again. So it's yeah. also hard like that. Yeah, 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 yeah for we, sure. We've got a new. You got a you got you got a new uh, standard set for the way that you earn you earn, earn revenue money. and yeah. earn money and there's and and there's nothing wrong with that. I think what what information could you give to people on the podcast that would allow them to um, the, the the kind of tools to go and obviously do that for themselves to do to 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 go to go and build this kind of like a little bit of a following and then to to leverage it in order to do these brand deals and stuff like that. Is it is is it something genuinely that anybody could do, or do you? I have don't. To? I honestly don't have an answer for how to become followed or liked. Like, I didn't follow a rule guide. I didn't follow anything. It's like it just sort of happened. Yeah, for and me, you, and you that's know the what best I mean? way. I, didn't, I don't research it. I don't understand it. Like you know, I went viral uploading videos that gave me an online presence. People followed me, and then I stuck. You know, I went through all this shit and now I'm just Cause, stuck yeah. to myself. And yeah, it's I, hard because it's like there's no real answer that for me what I did that made me liked or followed. It was like uh, luck almost. I, I knew that and I wanted you to say that on here because there's so many people out there selling bullshit courses on how to become an mm. influencer. It's I not, don't even like that word anyway. I just think you are Mitchell yeah. and you resonate with that certain type of population yeah. and that is Chloe and she resonates with this type of person rather than you are influencers because yeah. then that puts you in this melting pot. Whereas it's totally different because you, you can get this influence over here that has a million followers but even though you've got less followers you get more engagement and more yeah. higher conversion rate based upon the fact that you've actually got a little bit better relationship with your audience so yeah. following doesn't actually matter a fuck it means in a lot fuck of ca- all yeah it means fuck all in a lot of cases the um, the, uh, the the next question that I was going to ask you is like go in you know in, in 2020 when you when you're when you've building building this house and you're, st- and you're starting this new life do you think that you, you'll again assess things as like okay I've got all this 
more growth to do and and you know what kind of what kind of growth aspects do you reckon you'll put into place for that it's a good question <laughs> can you say it again so like when you when you move, when you when obviously you've set yourself these these, these massive audacious yeah. goals to build this house and I've no doubt you're going to achieve it and the brands are going to be popping and 2021 is going to be good and now you're going to be in this house you've got all these things and and you've and you've hit all these goals again what what's 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 going to be the thing that's going to propel Mitchell forward in order to keep him on track and to keep him going where he's going is it is there anything else that you I think to me it's definitely going to be about finding balance yeah. And I know that's going to be a massive thing for me is I know I'm going to be have to soon, not have to, but I know what's right for me is going to be reintroducing, you know, alcohol and trying to have a relationship and a healthy balance with the social life. Because I lost a lot of my social life when I gave it up, which yeah. I've been, I was pretty clear on that. Like you lose a lot of friends, you don't go to a lot of things. Like I don't have much of a fun social life anymore, which I had a heavily, I only had a social life back in the day so notice I've done that pendulum swing again where yeah, I've gone yeah. from all the time to never so to me I know it's going to be about finding that balance of in between and I just know it's going to be a journey to get there and you know I'm I'm prepared for it is there any other more outside help that you're going to be open to in the next 12 months that you're going to try and uh, bring in or try and experience in order to to help you keep keep going on this path I'll certainly keep up the psych stuff talking to a psych I think it's good because it, although like I'm not searching for answers I'm searching for clarity and I feel like she gives me that yeah like yeah. at least thinking out loud I like to think out loud with her so yeah and and just just being in a room and talking to someone for like two or three hours allows them to get really in depth with things that you probably and it's from know. a non-biased point of view too they're not someone who knows you they're not connected to you they're not your partner they're not your friend they're not a family member it's like they've got a complete unbiased opinion and they just weigh in on it for you. And yeah. they're very educated. Yeah, and to have that perspective just, just dropped on you like that, it gives you so much more clarity in going yep. forward. I love it. If there's any, uh, what if, if if you could just give some some pearls of wisdom and pearls of advice before we obviously leave the podcast and everything like that, to obviously impact as many lives as possible, what kind of advice would you, and guidance would you give? If you could just give a few pieces. I'd personally from someone who had no discipline in their days ever like I think discipline in your days is mandatory because at the end of the day if you are disciplined and you set yourself I I feel like you need to set certain tasks that aren't that easy every single day to complete to feel good about yourself so I know with mine like I have to go for a run or do something on top of weights that is like like I hate running so that's why I run every day because I hate it. Yeah. So that's that discipline of me finishing my run, knowing I don't like this, I don't want to do this. But when you finish it, you tick that off. I've done it. I didn't like it, but I got myself up to do it. So I feel like having discipline with things in your day that challenge you a bit and you can feel good about yourself for doing it. But uh, but aren't easy to but complete. But aren't easy to complete is a really good sort of thing to keep you ticking along and just yeah. to feel good about yourself. Because... You know, I feel like we all want to feel good about ourselves and whether it's look good, feel good, anything like that. But we don't really we don't really have the tools to do it without a lot of people using stimulants. I reckon that's why a lot of people do drugs and drink and stuff like that is to feel good. Yeah, I replaced obviously I never drank alcohol but but 
but through not drinking alcohol and through trying to be social because like you just said when you take yourself away from alcohol uh whether you choose not to drink like myself or whether you stop drinking like yourself you 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 have you need something to to kind of put you on the level of that and i wasn't going to take drugs so i used to take energy drinks yeah and then and then one energy drink turns into two energy drinks turns into three turns into four all of a sudden now i'm doing four cans of monster a day yeah and i'm on like thousands of milligrams of caffeine pre-workout in the morning as well plus like a pre-workout if i do an afternoon yeah. session and, and i might split up and do like weights in the morning some boxing in the afternoon and i'm just pumped my adrenals were like pumping man when I had to give that shit up. Yep. The hardest thing I've ever done in my life, man. And it, that was that was because, like you, and the reason why I understand you, I feel so well in terms of what you've been through is the fact that you, me and you have both got a massively addictive personality. We are all or nothing with yep. everything that everything. we do, and that and and that is f- is fucking powerful if it's compounded in the right direction. You just got to channel it. You just got to channel it. Yeah, that's that's it. And like, like I said to you, I know how hard it is to go into the social environment. And just drink water. <laughs> Do yeah. you know what I mean? Because you just, you just like, people are coming at you and they're like, fuck it, yeah, Frankie yeah. boy, Frankie. And you've got to be up. Yeah. But like, it's hard to be up at 10 o'clock at night when you've got no stimulation in your body. Do you know what I mean? So I fully, fully, fully get it. And uh, respect to you, man. Respect to you again for doing all that. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's It's been fucking epic to get your story and to, to get your growth. Do you want to just drop your links to your brands and your socials so that people can follow you and, and, and follow your brand? Yeah, so my Instagram is at Mitchell Orville. And uh, uh, the new brand I was talking about is called at Self Care Culture. Yeah, and just drop your missus' links on there as well. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, my partner's activewear company is at Zep, S-Z-E-P, and she's also got a mental health app with meditation and all that stuff called Bloom. B-L-O-O-M. Yeah, and it's great. And you and I'll put I'll put the um I'll put all the links in the show notes for you guys to to obviously get get that going and, and yeah man, thank you again for, no for, for doing it, man. Thanks for having me. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.